In the mid-1890s, U.S. newspapers began to fill with stories about a crisis in the Ottoman Empire. The Armenians, a Christian minority group within the empire, were being massacred by Ottoman troops. It had started with a harsh crackdown on a tax revolt, but the violence escalated quickly. Between 1894 and 1896, some 200,000 Armenians were killed. American missionaries had lived and worked in the Ottoman Empire for decades, and many encountered the anti-Armenian massacres firsthand. Their horrified accounts soon turned up in American newspapers, along with fervent denunciations of the barbaric Turk. This was presented to American readers uh, literally through headlines as a crusade of the crescent against the cross. This is Anne-Marie Wilson, a historian at Leiden University College in The Hague. Headlines became increasingly sensational. This was a time of yellow journalism and headlines that would say things like defense of the home against the harem. These were good ways of getting readers interested in paying attention. And this then in turn sparked quite a lot of middle-class outrage in the United States. And uh, was this outrage organized? How did the public respond generally? Well, first there were mass meetings in American cities, especially in the East Coast and in Chicago where there were large Armenian communities, and resolutions would be passed, and then these would be sent on to local, state, and national government to call for some kind of action. And these petitions were sent not only to American officials, but also to heads of state abroad. So there was a cablegram sent to Queen Victoria calling on her to redeem the honor of British church and state by doing something to stop the slaughter of helpless Armenians. Now, what these folks were up against, I would imagine, is a very long history of no-entangling alliances, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. There had been a long tradition of avoiding the political intrigues of Europe, that the United States was safe in its own domain in the Western Hemisphere. The Armenian population was technically overseen by the European powers by the terms of the 1878 Treaty of Berlin that closed the uh, Russo-Turkish War. The United States was not a signatory to that treaty. And on the one hand, some argue that that made the Americans even more morally pure in this case because they didn't have a dog in that fight. On the other hand, people said, well, this is really none of our business. And that's, that's the conversation that took place in Congress after you know, thousands of Americans were signing petitions to government to say, please, we need to do something to step in to protect so-called Christian civilization. So tell me about that debate in Congress. I mean, for, for people in Congress who were skeptical of this whole enterprise, there was language about, you know, should the United States constitute itself as a universal guardian of mankind? Is that the proper role for America? Wow. Um, mm -hmm. On the other hand, you had senators and, and congressmen speaking about sort of the American defense of Christian civilization against intolerance, bigotry, cruelty, and crime of every character. Uh, so the Democratic senator from Florida, Wilkinson Call, introduced a joint resolution calling on the United States to join what he termed civilized governments to end the violence uh, in Armenia, to provide the Armenians with a government of their own people, uh, either by peaceful means or, if necessary, by force. The Senate Foreign Relations Committee thought that this was a bit too strongly worded. A somewhat tamer resolution came to the floor that simply promised President Grover Cleveland that uh, Congress would support any, quote, vigorous action he might take. Uh, it passed quite easily in the Senate. When it went to the House, most 
uh, it, it ended up passing the House about uh, 143 to 26, and most of the people in favor of it thought that the resolution didn't go far enough. They wanted there to be some kind of uh, threat of possible military action even. So the resolution passes, and then what? Well, Grover Cleveland didn't really want to deal with this. Uh, it was not clear the legality of what the United States could do in such a situation, and he was worried about his renomination for the Democratic ticket in 1896. So this was sort of adding more problems to his desk than he wanted to deal with. And did anybody uh, call him on that? Uh, were there protests? Um, well, there were there were certainly denunciations of American inaction. I would say that in early 1896, the attention really shifted towards relief. So this was also the first time that the American Red Cross went on a mission abroad. Claire Barton, the founder of the American Red Cross, uh, actually went to Turkey to deliver aid. Now, to my 20th century ears, this sounds very much like a 19th century ending. Uh, we turn to missionaries and Christian-based organizations and mm -hmm. the voluntary sector for, in essence, private aid. Yet the whole episode seems to foreshadow American humanitarian intervention, which is much more frequent, of course, in the 20th century. I is there a bridge to the 20th century here? Yeah, I would say that the beginnings of the 20th century happen around the Armenia case. The The controversy over what to do in Armenia is happening at the same time that there's discussion over what is to be done with the resistance movements against Spanish rule in Cuba, where there's also a lot of wow. violence coming up. Reformers are calling for intervention in both places. In fact, the, the same Democratic senator from Florida, uh, Wilkinson Call, who had introduced the original you know, very warlike resolution calling for U.S. intervention in the Ottoman Empire, he calls for gunboats to go to Cuba as well. Uh, and in fact, Cuba was referred to as America's Armenia. Hmm. The Spanish were referred to as the Turks of the West. William McKinley, the president at the time, said that we did not go to war in Cuba because uh, we wanted to, but because we had to defend humanity. So the language of humanity runs right through this discussion the same way it did through Armenia. Anne-Marie Wilson is a historian at Leiden University College in The Hague. 